Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Earl, the recovering car dealer, and I'm live now, and uh, you heard my recorded introduction. Um, I'm not crazy about repetition, so I'm trying to be careful not to bore our regular listeners with uh, what we do, but at the same time, we keep getting new new folks uh, tune in, and you gotta you gotta tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do. So um, welcome, all you newbies. Uh, we're a car show that you won't see anywhere else. Um, we we are an expose. We're almost like a 60 minutes Mike Wallace kind of a thing, uh, where we mystery shop car dealers. We do it every week. Uh, we tell it like it is. Uh, we have a lot of lawyers out there listening to us. I, I hear every now and then from lawyers, and you lawyers can really appreciate the fact that for 17 years we've shopped a different new car dealership uh, and used car dealerships as well all over South Florida and some in North Florida. And um, we name names. We, 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 we tell it like we see it. Uh, we're totally honest and transparent, but if we see a car dealer that's breaking the Florida law, we say so. And you, car, you lawyers out there know that if you say, if you accuse somebody of being a thief, and he's not a thief, and you did it maliciously or irresponsibly, you expose yourself to a big lawsuit. So I just, I'm, I'm just kind of bragging about the fact that we've never been sued uh, in 17 years. We've been threatened, but never, never sued. And uh, it just goes to show that we are seeing, telling the truth as we see it. I'm not saying we haven't ever made a mistake. I, I don't know which ones we made. If we realize we make a mistake, we try to correct it on the air. And uh, we have another mystery shopping report today, which is extremely exciting, uh, very entertaining. So that's for all you new folks, the old folks, you know what's going on. And uh, I really appreciate your loyalty. Every day I'm amazed at who sees the show and I think I, we need to get our Nielsen ratings because I think we've really grown. We, I keep saying we have 20,000 listeners. I bet it's bigger than that. We yeah, need you're to check with that it. on like three yeah. years ago, I yeah. think. And uh, I'm ashamed to admit that I got uh, stopped by a, a police officer the other day. I made a, yesterday actually, they had the train track blocked off and I had to go a different route. So then I, I made a U-turn and, and uh, all of a sudden I was surrounded by uh, Jupiter police. And uh, I felt like a fool because I, I did a stupid thing. I didn't see, I didn't see the sign. I really didn't see the sign. So I, I'm in the middle of the street, and he comes up, and uh, I got my mask on, and he was very unhappy with me. And he should have been. So I rolled the window down, and I pulled my mask down so I, he could hear me talk, so I could say I'm sorry. He says, "I know who you are. I listen to your radio show." So I mean. It shows you how... And I know what happens when you get pulled over by the police, so I'm going to let you go right now. <laughs> well, yeah, he let us go, and we appreciate that. Uh, but uh, I think it was mainly because, you know, if you're nice to a cop, 
if you're belligerent and you're defensive and you make up a story. When I get stopped, I always plead guilty and tell them I'm sorry, and I am. You know, I mean, uh, if I'm, I, don't, I don't watch the odometer or whatever. The, the, anyway, the, the I, best, think, I think the fifth. I digress. The we, best we, part we, of that. Need, the best part that. of that story was <laughs> that the officer who pounded on your window. Yeah. When all the other officers came over, I thought that they, they were going to uh, rip you out of the car, well, not, but they let, didn't. Let, but let, he stepped away, and the nice officer the nice officer was you know sweet anyway, enough to say that he recognized anyway, you. Anyway, uh, we've got uh, we got to get back on the sh- subject of automobiles and how you can avoid being ripped off by a car dealer, which is the essence of Earl on cars. And if you're watching and streaming us on Facebook or or YouTube, and you see me playing with my mask. I have a new strap on the back of my mask. I thought I liked it, but it's uh, with the headphones, I'm having a little difficulty. So, pardon my fidgeting. Pitch the nose a little stuff. Right, I'll pitch. That's a good idea. You. I got that metal clip here. I'll pitch the nose now. Before we go any it's a further, better. I can't breathe, but it doesn't slide down. So, okay. <laughs> Before we go any further, we're going to go to our caller oh, who's wow. been waiting. How cool! And uh, I'm going to say uh, welcome to Wendy and uh, good morning. And uh, to uh, congratulate you on being a first female caller. What can we do thank for you, you this morning? You just okay, won yourself um, $50. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Nancy. Thank you. I have a 2018 GMC uh, Denali. Uh, when we bought the car, the steering wheel it is cocked a little bit to the left. And my husband took it in and asked the dealership about it, and they said something about uh, maybe the tires are inflated improperly, so on and so forth. At any rate, they looked at it, and it's still, it's still the same. It's cocked a little bit to the left. Now, what I'm wondering is, is, is that something correctable, or is it so complicated that they're just saying, uh, deal with it? Rick? I think Rick can answer that question. Uh, that should be the simplest repair in the world for them. It- if you're driving down the road and your car is running, you, know, you just got it where it's going perfectly straight and the wheel is yeah. just turned a little bit to the left, all they That's need right. to do is adjust the, the front toe just a little bit to move the steering wheel back. It should be a about a 20, 30 minute operation at the most to put it on the alignment rack, uh, go under there and set the steering wheel straight and then adjust the, the tires to match where the steering wheel is. That should be extremely oh, okay. simple. Okay, well then I'm I'm just going to have to press them to do that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe pick well, somebody thank else. Thank you so much. Uh, my husband's a huge fan of your program, so we listen to you every Saturday morning. Yeah, I, I, oh, I, I might almost consider a different dealership and ask sure. them to just to do the alignment um, and just let them know your concern is that the steering wheel's off center, and that you'd yeah. like them to make sure that when they're done, that the steering wheel is perfectly centered. And road test a car with the technician or the service advisor after they say they fixed it because nothing more frustrating getting home and find out that you got to make a, another trip all the way back. But yeah. they, they should do that right. for you to prove they did the job right. Yeah, and Wendy, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's great to know that uh, they took your concern seriously. Uh, so as Rick suggested about maybe going somewhere else, I think that might be a good idea. Yeah, if they're if they're dumbfounded okay. by an alignment job, you know. Yeah, if that threw that's, them that's off, I, I, I don't know what kind of advice to give you except, well, whatever. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank Wendy. you so much. You're I welcome. Appreciate it very much. Okay, Wendy, I'll I'll be hearing okay. from you. Call again, please. 
Our phone number here is 877-960-9960. Give us a call or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealers opening. Well, uh, Mrs. Sunrise, uh, a.k.a. Turtle Mama and Nancy Stewart, uh, the co-pilot on this show, asked a question last week and we didn't get any response and we were discussing it in the car on the way into the radio show and we thought it would be good. In fact, we got this from anonymous feedback that why don't we suggest questions that would be of interest to a lot of people and pose the question to the radio, YouTube, uh, Facebook audience and see what response we had. So she asked, I, th I thought, a good question. We both thought it was a, a good question and I don't think we got any response at all. So, mm -hmm. Nancy, what do uh, you think we should try it again? Yeah, I think we should. Um I have a question uh, for our listeners, for our texters, uh, for everyone. And uh, as uh, Earl said, we were discussing uh, the topic of uh, why is the retail car business so good uh, during this terrible pandemic? Uh, we, we'd like to have your opinion. You know that uh, more retailers are failing and laying off employees right now. And the, uh, the exception of uh, online retail like uh, the Amazon. Amazon and uh, just to name one. So uh, why are people buying so many new and used cars? Uh, we'd like to have your opinion. Give us a call, 877-960-9960. And it's also interested, I mean, uh, financing is tight. Uh, the banks are tightening up, the lenders are tightening up, so it's harder to finance a car. And uh, unlike uh, Amazon, the cars are not being bought online. The, the uh, people that are buying cars now in great numbers are coming into the dealership physically. In other words, exposing themselves to the COVID issue, uh, driving into service departments and, and sales departments. And uh, it's just a, it's a little bit of a puzzle. We have some theories, but we wonder what you thought about that. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Again, that number is 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Well, another exciting issue that uh, we can uh, tell you about is uh, the fact that we have finally, uh, we hope, got ourselves a regular uh, female mystery shopper. And uh, I'm gonna let Stu Stewart and Nancy talk about that because uh, they're the ones that have uh, out of this uh, project and uh, we had a, a mystery shop just the other day and she was out on a training mission so Stu tell us about it. Well it's always exciting to get a, a new mystery shopping agent. We've done we've probably uh, hundreds maybe approaching a thousand mystery shops and uh, over the years and out of during all that time we've had maybe two or three really really good mystery shoppers because it takes a certain quality you, i mean it's 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 tough to do i mean it's it's embarrassing it's scary i mean no. you're going there you're putting on you're acting you're going into, and, and then we've had people try and say i can't do this again exactly and uh the other part is um you gotta be able to uh, take your experience um you know hopefully make you know contemporaneous notes and then uh, tell the story about what happened and include details and, and take the appropriate pictures know what questions to ask um, Even agent thunder in the beginning, you know I had to r remind him make sure you you know ask this or take a picture of this look out for this or that and so um, We have an opportunity uh, uh, Nancy uh, uh, Found a recruit for us 
And so instead of just throwing um, her out in the field, um, just in the cold, we decided to pair her up with Agent Thunder. Um, she is now known as Agent Lightning. I love that. Very clever, right? And uh, oh. she, uh, she came up with it herself. And uh, so she's being paired with a veteran, with a, with a pro, uh, learning the ropes. Um, and so they went in there, and I'm not going to give um, anything away until we, you, you hear the actual report. Um, but it's, So she's going to do a solo run this week. Yeah. Um, uh, this past week, she was kind of under the tutelage of her uh, of her mentor, Agent Thunder. So, but it was a gr- it was a great shop. So I'm looking forward to hearing it. Um, and uh, so make sure you you, you stay tuned in for that. Uh, next week, we'll we'll find out how, how it goes. And I got high confidence that it's gonna it, that it's gonna go well. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited mm-hmm. about it. And uh, Amy, uh, she she just has a, a talent, and uh, it's it's great. And I knew that whenever I met her. Uh, you know, we are talking a lot about ladies, and I am so excited, really. And I am going to go to the next female caller, and uh, I congratulate you. Uh, Vern, are you there? Vera. Or is it? Oh, okay. It's, it's Vera. Okay. Good morning, Vera. Yeah. Thank you. You are a first-time caller. What can we do for you? Well, I wanted to thank you and Earl. Um, I was at the dealership Monday with a um, situation. My husband had uh, passed away recently and left me with a $10,000 loan on an old Mercedes, which I don't even know how to drive. And uh, I was lamenting what to do. And I thought, well, the only way I could find resolve was to go to Earl Stewart Toyota. I also... Uh, owned a uh, 2012 RAV4 that was paid for, and I I did not even think that I would be driving away in a brand new RAV4 for the same amount as the loan was on my husband's Mercedes, and um, I'm just so um, appreciative of your, um, your honesty and the way you took care of me, and uh, I just needed to thank you for that. I mean, you know, you and Earl, you're retired. You could be walking the beach right now, but instead you're there and you're teaching consumers how to buy a car without getting ripped off. And I just really need to thank you for that. You are truly, truly wonderful people, and thank you. That's thank, all I thank wanted you, to say. Very nice of you to come. No, thank you. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you so much, Vera. And please call again. We'd love to have you as a regular caller. We can't have enough female callers. We've got to go hit 50-50, which we're pretty much there now. So thanks again, and hopefully you can call again next week or the week after. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Vera. Now, I have to jump in here and say that, you know, when we get these uh, accolades and, and praise, i got to admit, I do feel real good when I hear those things. But uh, one of my fears is that people will think this is not truly a consumer advocacy show, but some sort of a self-serving infomercial. And I just have to, uh, I can't say, we're not a car dealer, we are, we have a dealership. Uh, We've, uh, I've been a dealer for over 50 years, but um, we don't push our own product, our own dealership. And... We can't help it when people call in and thank us. We like it. I mean, I'm not going to say don't call me, but when you do, I, it's, I know it's sincere, and uh, we don't fake it. We don't fake it. We're totally transparent. The, ha, being a, an active car dealer and having been one for so long is actually one of the reasons why we have the expertise. I mean, 
Uh, Rick Kearney to my right has been fixing cars for a uh, quarter century. Uh, he doesn't look that old, does he? But uh, well, you can't tell with a mask on. But anyway, and uh, and my son Stu's been. With, well, how long? How long you been in the business with me? Twenty-five years. Good Lord, both of you quarter yeah. century. And of course, Nancy's been with me since the get-go. She's a founder of the show, uh, Earl and Cars, seventeen years, and we've been married for a long, long time. So she's stuck with the car business. So being active in the car business get, lets us see things a whole lot more accurately than, you know how it is when somebody from the outside comes in and tries to criticize an industry, half the time they don't know what to talk about. We know what we're talking about. We do, truly. So uh, that is the reason that I, I have to say we are car dealers. Uh, Still, I interrupted you. I think we had, uh, oh, no way, we got a YouTube over here uh, for Rick. I was going to go to him. Well, I got one, one quick comment first. Sure. When our new mystery shopper lady finally comes out with this comment i i I gotta say it first the old country song thunder's just a noise boys it's lightning does the work (laughs) i guarantee that's why she chose that name i love it it. hey Stu, guy larrabee is asking old inventory costs money and is not like fine wine it doesn't get better with age how motivated would a dealer be to move a car before the factory rep gets on his case well, um, with new cars, um, we, we've talked about this a lot on the show. Um, in some cases, uh, at a new car dealership, you might have a, a new car, and I'm using air quotes here, a new car, that's been there for a year, two years even, and, uh, or even longer, I mean, depending on the economic conditions and, and, the, and the franchise. Uh, so unfortunately, you don't have a ton of leverage with a new car, I don't think. Um, a lot of times, um, uh, the dealers will get floor plan assistance, which will help finance the, you know, just them holding the inventory. Now, floor plan is a in-house term for financing, yeah. uh, borrowing money to uh, pay for the cars you have on your lot. Right. Now, used cars is a little bit different. See, a, a, a new car dealer will have a new car on their lot, and they'll keep it there until they sell it. Uh, they don't sell it, send it to an auction, even though that technically you can. A used car dealership, that right, that the longer you keep it, um, it continues to depreciate. It follows the used car market. Yeah. And you actually have a pretty good uh, a leveraging tool negotiating for a uh, used car, um, especially if you've seen that car on, online in the inventory for a long time. Typically, it's 90 days is the longest they could keep it, but a poorly managed dealership might have a used car on the lot for Years. I mean, well, let, let me jump in there on something that uh, maybe you know. So I, that's one advantage of being around for so long. Uh, many years ago, when I was a Pontiac dealer, uh, interest rates uh, to finance cars on the lot went up to twenty percent, uh, double digits to zero. So at twenty percent interest, uh, you cannot afford to have vehicles that you don't sell, and it, it used to be a huge pressure on car dealers. And even when interest rates were normal, uh, you were talking uh, six, seven, eight percent. Today, they are at historic lows, and we are paying literally less than two percent uh, for our uh, interest. So, dealers can afford to of, of finance and inventory huge amounts of vehicles. The bottleneck for us, and the bottleneck for most car dealers, is not how much your interest is in, because it's uh, chump change today to finance your inventory, but you don't have the physical room, so they don't want to have it sit around. Uh, you don't want to have a car sit around, and you, you don't have room for customer parking. You don't have room for employee parking. That's the only stimulus to move the inventory. So there's not a lot of pressure, uh, certainly not from the factory, and uh, certainly not from the banker. Uh, 
uh, it's just good common sense that you have a car that sat there for six months and it didn't sell or something. There's a reason for it. <coughs> a better piece other. of advice, I think, for somebody who's thinking about that yeah. <coughs> is for this, uh, they call it lot rot. The longer a car sits on, on a lot, the more problems it has. Yeah. Uh, hmm. So uh, uh, a dealer who manages their new car inventory well will make an attempt to sell the oldest cars, but you don't want that car. You want the car that just came from, from the factory that hasn't, you know, been driven, hasn't yeah. had dings on it, or uh, the tire is going bad. So, And not to draw yeah. this out to extremes, the fact of the matter of just what Stu said is that what dealers do when they have a car that's been there too long is they put a flat commission. A flat commission is a large, they should call it a fat commission, not flat, because it's a big one. You can easily pay uh, $500 instead of the normal commission of 250 double commission to whoever sells that dog of a car that's been sitting there for six months. So when you come in and you've got your car picked out that you want to buy and you finally have the, the salesperson making a, an unnatural effort to put you into another car, there could be more than your good interest at heart. It could be his commission. And every dealer pays flat commissions on cars that they are having difficulty selling. You don't want to be buying the car that they can't sell to anybody else. Hmm. Okay. I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, is it unheard of for someone to walk uh, into a dealership and uh, to ask, hey, how long has this car been sitting on the lot? Uh, you know, I mean. Never hear that. You, 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 I never you're not that. really going to get an answer you know an honest answer uh but uh it, it would be a great approach and to press them on it that's yeah. a great thing mm -hmm. i don't think we've really talked about that much on the show but that's definitely you should if you're looking for a new car say give me a fresh one it's like going to the uh, grocery store they put the uh the older stuff up front and the fresher you know milk in the back because they want to sell the older stuff yeah do you uh, think do you think they'd come up with a, a a better idea at this point because everybody knows that now whenever yeah. you go to the store yeah exactly you know and I'm, I'm, one those, walk, I'm one of those guys that starts pulling everything out looking for the one oh, with the, with the oh, longer uh, expiration always, date. yeah if i'm going to go in and buy some <laughs> yeah. fish i'm going to ask them if it just came in today yeah. i don't to, want last week's not to beat a dead horse but the length of inventory on one dealer's lot doesn't say how long that's car has been sitting. A lot of cars are dealer traded. We call it swap from one dealer to another. You could have a car that was manufactured in January still floating around different dealer's yep. lots a year from now, and it's only been on his lot for 30 days. Yeah. Uh, used cars are the same way. Uh, CarMax uh, is a good, ex a good example. CarMax has so many outlets that if they can't sell a car in 60 days, they just move it to another lot. And if they can't sell it in 60 days, they move it to another lot. Right. That car sh might be unsaleable to CarMax for two years, <laughs> but you right. never know that. You're really getting in the weeds, but that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have our, from our distributor, they count the age of our cars based on from the time it was manufactured. But once, it, like if it gets dealer traded, once it hits your inventory, it might be a year old car, but the clock starts on day one yeah. at that point. Yeah. Okay, 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. We've had two female callers so far, and they were both first-time female callers, and we love you ladies to call the show. 877-960-9960. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, we are going to go to Matt, who's giving us a call from Stewart. Good morning, Matt. Hey, good morning. Enjoy the show. I've got a question for the tech guy. Sure. Um, sunroof is on my uh, well, wife's uh, Highlander. Sunroof's uh, 
when you open the, well, when the sunroof is closed, sensor light's coming on. Of course, when you open it, it goes off. So is there a sensor in there up by that seal? What is causing that light uh, on the dashboard to come on? That would probably be in the motor ECU assembly. What's that mean, uh, ECU? The electronic control unit. The little control unit. It's, it's the computer. Good, Stu. Good. Yeah. It, and that's going to be mounted uh, basically right up where the switch is. Right above there is where the motor and the little computer will be. But if, if it's closing all the way and the system is still saying that, that it's still showing a light that the sunroof is open, there's going to be a problem inside that uh, control box, the computer for it. Okay. So I need to bring it down to the dealership. To well, if you want to, if if you if you feel like you want to try something yourself first, this and this is actually it sounds a little weird, but this is a fix that I will recommend on just about any car for any weird electrical problem that anyone can do easily. Disconnect the negative side of the battery. Just take the terminal off. Hmm. Wait for about 30 seconds to a minute, and then reconnect it. And then you may have okay. to, once you do that, you may have to reinitialize your sunroof by holding the button all the way to the open position. Just keep holding it until the sunroof gets all the way open. Then press the close and hold it until it comes all the way closed again and stops. Wow. And oh. then check and see if it works normally. Wow. But we see a lot of electrical issues with computers, and it it's kind of like your home computer. You it's, know, a re, it's a reboot. You're rebooting. Exactly. Yeah. And it, the like, if you have a problem with your computer at home, the first thing they tell you is, hey, did you try turning it off and turning it back and, on and again just, yeah. And it's just like every, it. everything's a computer. That's, what, that's, a, that's such a great thought that you just, everything in the house, you have to unplug it and plug it back in again. And the same thing with a car. Exactly. Everything. And, and you don't think it's just a computer, because everything's a computer right now. Your can opener is probably a computer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're all talking together. Yeah. And yeah. one day they're going to take over the world. <laughs> but just that simple disconnected battery, and the only thing you'll need for that should be a 10 millimeter wrench, just to turn that nut a few times, loosen it, and pull it off. Wait about yeah. 30 seconds and reconnect it and snug it back down. Matt, call us and let okay. us know if that works. I'd love, I think that is so cool, uh, and I think it is something that I never thought about. It, I, so it, give, give that a try and let us know if that worked. I'm, I really think that's a cool idea. Pro could save you 100 bucks or more. I mean, yeah. you go into a car dealership and you don't know what they're going to charge you. So, And they probably did the exact same thing that Rich just said. It's the first thing I try every time. Yeah. First thing. Okay, thanks a lot. I'll call you back. Thanks, oh, man. Thanks, man. Sure. Well, we just learned something right, new. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. Thanks. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks, Rick. Enlightening. I just, I just gave away one of my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> and before that, there was a new created a miracle. <laughs> yeah. A seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Now, uh, this, uh, I'll mention www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that earlier. www.youranonymousfeedback.com. We would love to hear from you. And you remain anonymous, so you can say whatever you want. Isn't that fun? 
You know, I, I gotta, I'm still thinking about Matt's call because a lot of you folks out there have little things like this. Maybe it isn't as serious or more serious. And I know a lot of you are thinking about, do I really want to go into a service department somewhere and I maybe half the people aren't wearing masks or I, I'm in the customer waiting lounge and the customers are in there, they're not wearing masks. And I just don't want to do it off. I'll live with the problem. Call Rick and he, he has all sorts of cool little things He's not going to guarantee it's going to fix your problem, but he's going to tell you things probably you can try that you haven't thought of and save yourself a trip into a service department or into a car dealership. So Rick Kearney, I, the guy, is he's got a 999 batting average. does a, a fantastic job. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, we are going to go to Bernice, uh, who's calling us from Boca, I believe. Bernice? Good yes. Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning. Um, I'm from West Palm Beach, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I, yes, um, I had a question. I bought from off lease um, two, um, Chrysler 200 2015. I had a check engine light on. Now, I uh, bought the fixed um, little attachment, and I put it on it, and it did actually tell me what the dealer told me, but um, I was curious as to how accurate um, you think it might be if it's, you know, um, close to the analysis that the, the dealer did, and um, can I disconnect the, um, the negative on my battery to resolve that check engine light? What code did it give you? It gave me a uh, sensor in in the uh, gas tank that needed to be changed. Hmm. Uh, do you do you remember the number? The what the code number was? It would have started with I a P. I don't. Yes, it did start with a P. That I do know, but I don't remember the code um, on it. But um, it says it needs to get uh, replaced, but. Uh, they wanted to charge me an arm and a leg um, to do it. And um, I don't know how important that is, if that's going to cause problem with the exhaust or the air, AC, of uh, me breathing something or, you know, anything like that. So I'm a little concerned. Most likely, and I'm going to say this with probably 98% certainty, the code that you had is for an emissions issue. And all that means is that if we still had emissions testing, your car wouldn't pass emissions but because of that check engine light. But it's not going to be a breakdown issue. It's not going to stop your car from running. It's not going to affect your AC or anything like that. And it's, it's not like something that's going to be pumping gasoline fumes into the car with you. So it's, it's safe just to ignore it. The only drawback is that if something else goes wrong on the car, you won't know it because the check engine light's on all the time. But she can get the code so, if she goes to one of the uh, auto. Yeah, well, she has one of the little code pullers, she said. That, oh, okay. And, yeah, it, those, those are, they work pretty well, and they tell you what the code is, and then you can usually go on the Internet to find out what it is. Uh, I'm willing to bet that you're going to be just fine if you ignore it, but what I would do is I would check the codes like once every couple of months, just to make sure nothing else is popping up in there. Okay, would it be safe to 
Um, is I mean, how do they reset that uh, check engine light? Do I is part of it taking disconnecting the uh, the negative on the battery would help it or how? Not on the newer cars for that part. Unfortunately, when when they get a, a trouble code that's stored in the computer now, it used to be that we could disconnect the battery and those codes would be erased, but they won't anymore. The newest ones now, they're stored in the memory, and the only way to erase it is to go in with the computer and clear the code out by telling it, okay, I fixed the problem. Now you can erase that code. Because it's 2015. That's not. That's still a newer. Right. Yeah. Much much too new for it. Now, if it were a situation where, say, it were an intermittent problem, and the problem went away, then after a certain time, the computer will turn that light off automatically, and it'll erase the code after a while. But that's only if it doesn't see that problem anymore. I gotcha. Um, another question I have, every once in a while it will putter. Um, I had it uh, last year putter on me and shut off, um, and then I just turned it back on. What could that possibly be? I'm, I'm like, terrified to go to the dealership because hmm. I, I really do not trust them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Drivability is a little more tricky to diagnose, but if it's, you say it's, it's sputtered on you? That almost sounds like yeah, maybe you've got a, it's a four cylinder. Yeah. That almost sounds like you might have a fuel issue, like maybe a fuel pressure issue. But that's something that we'd okay. have to get in and diagnose by checking the pressures to see if it, if the fuel pump might be going. But if it only happens once in a while, I wouldn't get yeah. too concerned on it. Um one question, did it did you notice did it happen when you went around a corner, when you turned a corner with the car? No, it actually happened when I was stopped at the gate to enter my complex. Um, it, it, it did that. Okay, um, was was the ground pretty level there, or was it at an angle? It, no, it's, it's level. Okay. Well, that, that rules out one thought. is Sometimes if you get a little bit of water in the gas tank, you know, water and fuel uh -huh. won't mix, so the water will form a little bubble down in the bottom of the tank. And as you're driving around, okay. it'll actually move. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you turn a corner, that bubble will move over and some of the water will get sucked up. And of course, it can't run on it, so it'll sputter a little bit when the water tries to go through it couldn't be and maybe idle, stall it, it out. It couldn't be an idle adjustment? No, because the computer controls all the idle oh, okay. and everything yeah. now on them. Shows you how old fashioned right? Yeah, yeah. So everything I, now is completely so, computer controlled. So, qu another question. <laughs> I got two more questions and I'll let you go. And I really appreciate all this. And this, I'm a first-time listener, and I was really intrigued by all the uh, free information that you guys are giving. And um, I'm excited that I was able to get a hold of you and, and talk about this. Now, I, I have also a cap issue, the gas cap. I replaced that at the dealer, and it still says that I have a problem with the gas cap. Hmm. Is that a seal? Maybe there's water getting in it in there. Um, that's causing that that maybe a little bit of water got in that gas. Could that be a possibility? No, I think that'd be unlikely because you you I'm sure your gas cap is behind a gas door as well, so it's pretty unlikely. Yeah. They're usually set up to where water can't simply drip even to get in there. Uh, they may have they may have gotten a defective cap when they sold you a new cap. You mean not oh, big, okay. not the fuel cap. 
Not being a vacuum, keeping a vacuum. Right. It's in, if, if the fuel cap cat doesn't seal properly, that'll cause a check engine light all the time. Oh, okay. So it, it, when I put that fix um, uh, indicator on my computer, you know, attach it there, um, and it gives me codes of that, and I find out what it is, and, and one of them was replacing that cap, and I replaced that cap. So basically you're saying it's probably it's a defective cap. And once I get a good cap in there, um, would that, like you said, eventually will, when you shut the car off, eventually it'll take it off of the, of the dashboard? It indicator? might. It, it, it might. Or if there's another problem somewhere else in the system, if there's something else that's leaking, you know, leaking vacuum out to the atmosphere, then that's going to cause that code as well. So it could be that possibility of that emissions then that that's all this right up there. And Bernice, yep. one thing yeah. one thing you might consider also, and just because I know how you feel about going into car dealer service departments, and you're smart, you should feel that way. Uh, but uh, if you can find a, a independent service department or, or a car dealer and uh, call them up, talk to the service manager on the phone and say, I'm afraid to come in, uh, I've got this problem, describe it to uh, him the way you just described it to us and say, uh, I'd like to have you diagnose that. Uh, can you diagnose this at no charge? If they say yes, then you come in and you let them drive. Just be careful what they try to sell you. Uh, if they if they say no, we'll say, well, how much would you charge me to diagnose the problem? That way you're not being charged for the fix if you decide you don't really want to spend the money. But if you can get in there and get an opinion at no charge or a small amount, it might be worth your while. Sure, sure. And I appreciate that advice. And, and, I, and I appreciate you telling me that I'm smart about that because that's the reason why I got that fixed because I, I wanted to compare it the codes that sure. the dealership gave me, you know, so um, I appreciate all this information. You guys are great. You're fantastic. Um, and I will be listening to your show every morning on the way to work. Well, call again, well, Bernice. We'd love so to hear much. from you again. Thank you. Bernice, thank you so much. Have thank a wonder- you very much. <laughs> Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We haven't done any text or YouTubes. or I did one YouTube. I'm getting scared. Yeah. I think we're going to run out of time. They're piling in. Okay, let's go. Yeah, they started coming in last week, so we have a lot of of anonymous feedback, so I'm going to start there. Um, I'm going to start with the newest one that just came in (laughs) because this one's for Rick. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Anonymous feedback says... I had an intermittent problem with the intermittent setting on my windshield wipers. I think. Can't be sure. <laughs> intermittent squared. I'm saying. That had to been the technician who sent that in. All right, let's jump back uh, to, to the earlier ones. Uh, okay. Uh, common theme in the days of the pandemic. This question is for Earl and Stu. Have you seen the news and videos of people walking into Walmart or Costco and refusing to wear a mask and then engaging in a physical altercation with the staff? Of the stores what is the store supposed to do physically engage in the lunacy of a physically fighting these people because they won't wear a mask certainly then the non-mask wearers can more easily spread the virus to the poor employee who's been chosen to have the fight (laughs) Uh, what do you do in your dealership if someone walked in refused to wear a mask and then refused to leave the store will you have physical fights with that person and 
we've appointed Rick um, the the bouncer of the dealership. No, so no, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> no it's, funny, it's funny. That's that's a great question because believe me, we were worried about that. It and Stu, happened, yeah. And Stu is in the trenches, and he's actually administered that. Tell him, tell him what we do. Um, I usually do a chokehold, and oh, I'm, come I'm on, kidding. Come this on, is come I'm on. sorry. Um, it hasn't <laughs> happened. Um, I would say a handful of times uh, a month there's people might walk in without wearing a mask and our policy is to approach them in a friendly way and offer them a mask because we got a ton of, of masks um, they're readily available now and we offer them a mask mm -hmm. and 100 percent of the times that's happened they've taken the mask and put it on mm -hmm. without incident so and plan b in case they still don't then we we ask them to go outside yeah. they're waiting for their car we have a nice area where we, you can yeah. sit in the shade and and uh as long as they're outside, we don't require the mask, and it's it's amazing. People, uh, people are being. If you approach people properly, I, th I don't know about Walmart, but if you don't, if you do it in the right manner, Stu is the general manager of our dealership, and the uh, managers and all the employees are instructed. If you have someone that is reluctant, call Stu, yep. and Stu is able to, or our other son, my other son Josh, is, have been able to reason. With everybody, yeah. we have hundreds of people yeah. uh, coming in, and uh, we're, we're I'm just amazed at how cooperative yeah. they are. We are, and I, I think there's another part. We're a little bit different than Walmart. Um, we do a large amount of appointment business in service yeah. and in sales, yeah. um, and we're really clear on the phone that, you know, hey, make sure you bring a mask, and if you don't, we can give you one. Walmart, and no one makes an appointment to go mm -hmm. into Walmart, so there's probably yeah. more opportunities for someone to... You know, there was yeah. actually uh, an op-ed in the automotive news this uh, this current issue, the auto, automotive news, is the uh, trade journal for manufacturers and dealers, and every car dealer and every manufacturing person in the auto industry reads this every week. And uh, they're pro-dealer, obviously, because that's their customer. But they came out with a um, op-ed about you should require your customers to wear face masks. Yeah. That's a radical thing to do because. In last week's automotive news, there was a dealer saying, we can't make our customers to do wear face masks. So uh, initially, even the dealer personnel weren't wearing face masks, and it was radical to ask your employees to wear face masks. Now that happened, uh, and, and it's going real well. Uh, but customers are, are the next phase. What good does it do to protect your employees and your other customers if your employees are wearing face masks, but the customers aren't? Yeah. So all it takes is a few customers in there with COVID-19 to infect your employees and to affect each other, the, the yeah. other customers. So it's a no-brainer. All retail establishments should require their customers and their employees to wear a face mask. And if you lose some business, too bad, right? Mm -hmm. Which is more yeah. important, uh, losing the sale or losing the life? And yeah. that's real simple. I think it's, and it starts it with the with the company, with the store. Um, if, if, if they're not following it themselves, you can't. Uh, you know, legitimately ask your customers. You have to show that there's a safe environment there, that we're all doing it, and I don't think you get a lot of resistance. Like, we started uh, doing regular testing at, at the dealership. Uh, we're doing, uh, every two weeks, uh, we're doing testing, because um, we're not going to leave anything to chance. And uh, uh, one of the things... Uh, testing for every employee and yeah. family members right. that live at home. Yeah. So, um, and we're, you know, we make that known. And uh, so I think when you, if when someone comes in, if they're not wearing a mask, they, they realize they're walking into a, a, an environment where it's taking it seriously. So, yeah. and people, I think, are, are okay with that. Okay. All right, we were talking about alignments, uh, on even on new cars uh, last week, and somebody uh, sent this in. They said, I actually returned a new Honda a couple of months ago after having it um, for, uh, for only five days. 
it had an issue with the alignment, and they tried fixing it, but it didn't work. Uh, they were nice enough to change the car for me, uh, but they had the same issue. They checked a few more cars, and they all had the same issues, and then they refunded my money. So that's, that's very interesting. That's I, saw that, I saw that feedback. It'll be interesting how that develops with Honda, because apparently it sounds to me like a recall. It sounds to me like uh, at least a uh, technical service bulletin, but they're building Hondas that are chronically out of line, and uh, they can't fix them. Well, I'd so. be curious to know what just what went on. What is is this a situation where Honda's designing a problem problem in their car, or maybe when they're putting them on the trucks or yeah. on the ships, if they're attaching them wrong for tie downs and bending something out of shape? But why couldn't they fix it? There, there's your answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds. If like something's a bent out of shape, it should easily be able to be fixed by replacing that part. Yeah, this calls for a Google search. Yeah. Alignment oh. problems on new Hondas. Oh. Um, more anonymous feedback. Uh, one car brand that you rarely talk about is Mitsubishi. <laughs> what are your thoughts on their quality and value? Any consideration of doing a mystery shop in a Mitsubishi dealer and shipping and shopping a Mitsubishi car? I'm not familiar with that that brand. Um, can you? Do they <laughs> still make those? <laughs> they do. Uh, the only uh, the the closest Mitsubishi dealership uh, to us closed down a while back. It was on North Lake Boulevard in, in Lake Park. Um, yeah. Clearly not a large volume. They have a tiny, tiny market share. Um, Five. I don't know. I don't even have a Mitsubishi dealership uh, uh, vehicle in no, our inventory. It, it's not a good idea. Mitsubishi is hanging on by a thread um, They're financially. Japan. And uh, you know, we actually had a, a, a friend and our realtor commercial realtor that we've known for many years that uh, was trying to sell us at Mitsubishi and we investigated carefully and we said www.inkgonnahappen.com and, <laughs> and strangely enough this realtor, I, I won't mention his name because he decided he wanted to buy it and uh, he, he bought a piece of the action and he's sorry he ever did that and finally... He'll the, never uh, not take your advice again. He didn't, he didn't take my <laughs> advice. But uh, Mitsubishi is... I think the, the quality of the car is probably okay. I, I don't know that much about it, but they just never made it yeah. into the USA. Uh, and uh, they are... We have too many brands, and, uh, and the marginal brands are going to be dropping out, and Mitsubishi is about as marginal as you can yeah. get. In the States, um, and then over in Japan, um, it's considered a high quality, uh, you know, and it's very, very prevalent. You see yeah. Nissan's, Toyotas, and Mitsubishi's all over the place. Yeah, they, they built great fighter planes. They shot down a lot of American planes. That's right. There was yeah. The Japanese Zero was manufactured by Mitsubishi. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's why we don't like them. <laughs> According to Mitsubishi, they've got one in West Palm Beach, a Schumacher, yeah. mm-hmm. and then uh, Delray, Deerfield, uh, Davy and Coconut Creek. Okay. Well, I we've mean, done our quota of talking about Mitsubishi, so uh, yeah. we've Thanks done our job. Update. <laughs> hey, guys, we're going to go to Marty. Uh, Marty, thank you so much for your patience. Marty's calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning. Hi. Hi. Got a quick question for you. Last Monday, uh, I've got a 2020 Camry, and it didn't start. It's uh, almost six months old, a few days short of it. So I called uh, the automobile club, the guy came down, jump-started the car, and he said the battery was, I I think he said a 9, whatever a 9 means, and he said it was very low, and he said you probably need a new battery. So I said, well, obviously it's under warranty. So I drove it over to you. And your people took it in. I didn't shut it off at all. I took it in, and they said uh, 
they recharged it, and it came out that it was holding the charge and it looked good and whatever the parameter is for the battery. Why would a battery, a uh, less than six-month-old battery, go like that? Good question, Rick. Um, it's, it's possible if the car wasn't driven very much for the time before it failed or if a light might have been left on at some point or something. There's a, a lot of reasons it can draw a battery down, but the biggest one is if the car really doesn't get driven very much and if it's just sitting for, say, a couple weeks or more at a time, that battery is, some of the charge is still being used by the computers, so it can lose some charge over time very easily. Yeah, well, it obviously with the pandemic, it isn't, I haven't driven it as much. Yeah. But like right now in the, I've got almost 4,000 miles in six months. I used to have, normally I would have double that. Yeah. But, uh, it does get driven almost every day. Now, it may not get driven real far. Maybe it goes to Publix and comes back in, uh, you know, in uh, 10 or 15 minutes. But with that, it, it shouldn't happen, I don't think. Marty, you got a, a great question. Nancy's Avalon, uh, same thing happened for the same reason, because of lack of use. And uh, this is something that's happening to... Uh, millions of people because as you say a lot of people are just staying home and they're not driving their car um, I, I think that uh, a lot of people listening out there should listen to Rick I think Rick I'll, Rick recommends that when you drive the car you drive it you told me one time and I made fun of you, you said, 30 miles drive it uh, 50 miles or 30 miles and I said who's going to drive a car 30 miles but uh, what you have to do you have to do how far do you need to drive a car in the pandemic uh, weekly to keep it from this from happening. It's, it's going to depend on how much you use the car, but if you picture your battery as being like the uh, the coffee jug, the big, the big coffee jug in your coffee maker, and it's got a slow trickle coming into it, that's the charging rate when it's charging back up to get the battery back up to full. But when you go to start your engine, it's like you're taking that coffee jug and you're pouring out a big mug of coffee putting it back in, it's way down, so it's going to take it a while to fill back up, and if you need to start it up again before it gets all the way full, you dump out another big mug of coffee out of it, you know, eventually you're going to get it so low that you can't get a full mug of coffee out of that carafe. So that's why you need to take it out and drive it a bit, gives it a chance for that trickle charge well, to build it, it back up and fill it up again. Give us some time, in other words, you know, what I'm saying I is would say uh, at least a good 30 minutes of driving. Uh, how often? At least once or twice a week. Okay, so there you go, uh, Marty. Twice a week, a half an hour, and uh, just make it. Okay, hard. well, I just I don't want to say I've driven much more than that. Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. so it's, you know, it's it's not like I'm driving it for five minutes, shut yeah. it off, and that's it for the week. Well, you so can't what even, I'm going to do yeah. personally, if it happens again, I'll bring it back into you again. Yeah. You know, obviously, if it doesn't happen, uh, hey, that's... Uh, could, it could, well, it could be a defective battery, and you've got a battery warranty on that, and right. you might have to right. replace your battery. You can't rule out a new battery right. having a defect. A right. new car can have a defect, so can a new battery, yeah. sure. And, and uh, Marty, you're taking your car pretty far. I'm not really taking my car that far, but I do feel good that I got in my car, I used it for uh, 15, 20 minutes, uh, and I brought it back and put it in the garage because 
this out, you know, to go out and find yourself with a dead battery, which I did. Uh, you know, I, I need my freedom machine. Right. The other thing I wanted to point out, I w- I've been a member of the Automobile Club for, uh, I'm going to say, over 40 years. And I never give it up. I mean, I've got it for me and my wife. But I called the Toyota Care number to see if they come out quicker or whatever. But once I got into their system, I guess it's because it's national. They need your location and this and that, where the Automobile Club came out in uh, 20 minutes, and then that was it. So I'm sure the Toyota service would have done the same thing. But oh. I don't want to give up the automobile club either. Well, you're right, Marty, and uh, I don't like the way Toyota's response is in their emergency road service. And uh, also a lot of dealers are selling the package where you get um, emergency road service has become a commodity. The dealers can, uh, I know Toyota gives it to you free, but after that, you, you have to pay for it. Uh, you can't be AAA. I was a AAA member for many, many years myself, and they're the best of the best. And I would not buy any other emergency road service other than AAA. You're very smart to keep it. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for your uh, comments today. And you always have a great show. Thanks, Marty. Call again. Thank you. Thank you for your call. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, 4-H that was holding, I believe, from West Palm Beach. Give us a call back. Uh, sometimes we get uh, tied up a, a little longer with some of the calls than we anticipate. Again, that number is 877-960-9960. Okay. Hey, Rick, your car is using the battery even when it's just sitting there, right? It isn't like I'm, we've talked about this before, like your yes. remote. It's like it's always pinging in your remote. It's not. Well, it's, there's there's memory being kept alive on all the computers. Yeah. So they it does use a bit of the battery power the whole time. Yeah, and you can, you can turn that feature off, can't you, if you know your car is not going to be used for uh, three weeks? Uh, the only way to do that is disconnect the battery completely. Okay. Yeah. I've heard you give that advice yeah. before. Hey, Stu, Gary, Guy Larrabee's asking, how can I find out about manufacturer-to-dealer incentives at any given time? Good question. You can't. You can't. Um, a while back, I believe True Car listed those on their site and automotive news used to do it a long time ago yeah. but the dealers the dealers don't want you to know about that yeah and uh that's their that's their profit uh customer incentives are advertised and you should at the very least inform yourself because they won't even tell you about direct to customer incentives and when you come in to buy a car they'll make you think that that is their discount when it's really right. offered by honda or a nissan or whatever yeah. And uh, you think they're being nice? That right. money is yours. And when you when you buy the car and sign out and sign all the papers, you sign a paper that you don't even know you signed that said, "I assign all rebates and incentives to the dealer." That's so, correct. so it's it's pretty sneaky. Uh, it doesn't hurt to ask, and you could probably get maybe Kelly Blue Book. Uh, well, I want to. Edmonds might have information, yeah. but uh, I think Edmonds when you do when you do price out a car in Edmonds. It used to, but it's tough. Like you said, they, they keep that close to the vest. 
we do not want to make this a, a commercial. Some dealers uh, will disclose exactly where the discounts come from. Yeah. We are one of them. Um, it, it'll show um, like Earl Schwartz discount and then uh, Toyota Cash Incentive, and that's yeah. itemized separately. So you know who is discounting the car and who is not. See, the incentive is looked at differently by the dealers. Dealers look at the incentive not as a price reduction, but a profit increase. So they come in. You come in to buy a car, if they have um, uh, money coming from Chevrolet, $1,000, and you don't know about it, they can give you a $1,000 discount, and you think they're being a nice guy, but they're selling you the car at sticker price, right. MSRP. So we, we might have that, that might happen in the mystery shopping report today. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I used to be on the de dealer council for Toyota, <coughs> and one of the biggest arguments always was when we have the dealer council meeting with the factory, uh, they say, okay, we're going to come up with some incentives. What do you want to have? Uh, do you have customer incentives or do you want to have a dealer incentive? They call it dealer cash. All the hands go up, dealer cash, dealer cash. Nobody wants customer incentives because right. the customer might find out about it. Yeah. They don't want you to find out about the incentives. So <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, <coughs> it's, uh, anonymous feedback. Uh, here is somebody who was not pleased with our um, grading of Cog and Honda. We mystery shopped them a while back. Uh, regarding your mystery shop of Cog and Honda, 2,000 miles is a little pregnant. Undisclosed is a lie. New is a lie. These alone are enough. Broken in questionably. Paint scratched by wrong washing and buff to correct the clear coat. Maybe more. This is kind of like a uh, like a free th form thought sort of a comment but they're basically saying we gave them an a um, they sold a car that had some miles on it was disclosed as a, as a demo um, but they said this is I respect you mr. Stewart but this is not a new car demos aren't new and that was their their issue so I, I read it, that you know yeah. what happened in, in my mind of the time my clouded mind of the time I was thinking in terms of technically it was a new car and that's Shame on uh, you know, uh, on Florida, or maybe it's a federal law. I don't think so. It's a state law that says that as long as you don't title the car, it's a new car. So this car had 2,000 miles on it. That doesn't make it a used car. Uh, the car had never been titled, and uh, uh, there is a Florida law that says if you if you have a car with miles on it, it's been driven. Let's say I sell a car to Rick. And Rick drives a car for a thousand miles, brings it back, says I don't want it, and I give Rick his money back. I have to disclose to the next buyer of that car that I did sell the car to Rick, yep. although I still title it as a new car. So there's a, there's a there's a shadowy, shady difference between a new car and a car that's been driven. Mm -hmm. He could have driven the car for a hundred thousand miles, and if I take it back and never titled it, I could sell it to a Stu for. Uh, as a new car, so right. yeah, technicality to me. I agree with the uh, the anonymous feedback. I should have been harder on Coggin, and they that that should have been disclosed uh, more than it was. It was a, a bait and switch, and I should have uh, looked at it that way. Yeah. Um, here's another one. Um, I guess a lot of car dealers in Florida that deal with senior citizens that aren't informed, like a lot of people are today. It's easy to rip them off. So sad. And you know that's uh, you've identified there are several classes of um, car dealer victims. Um, you know, not to infantilize anybody, but uh, uh, senior citizens are probably the most uh, susceptible group, uh, yeah. especially uh, you know people who are who've lost their husband or their wife and they haven't sh uh, car shopped alone before. Yeah. And so yes, and it's it it sucks. <laughs> it's they are definitely yeah. a target by dealers. Yeah, medically, I had a, I had a um, call yesterday 
from a man that had diabetes, and uh, he went in by himself to buy a car, and uh, he was feeling really bad, and I think he hadn't had his insulin or whatever the situation was, uh, and he ended up taking the car home he didn't want to buy, and uh, I, I think we were able to help him. Yeah. I knew I knew the owner of the dealership, and and uh, I told uh, him to play that card, and I think it worked. But yeah, it's, people are these salespeople are paid big fat commissions, and they don't care if you're if you're coming on a walker mm -hmm. and uh, you have diabetes or you even dementia. Uh, it's just terrible things that happen to the seniors in South Florida, yeah. and I guess all over. You're victims, and yeah. they, they take advantage of you, and that's, that's just too bad. They, uh, salespeople get intimidated when they see a 40-year-old attorney coming in, um, mm -hmm. you know, ready to negotiate and go to, go to town with them, and they see a very sweet old couple walking in, and they start to salivate. Yeah, when I first started in the business, we were afraid of pipe smokers. And uh, you know, pipe smokers, because they think too much, you know, and they say, well, yeah, what do you think about this price? And they go puff, puff on the pipe. Can I uh, let our listeners know that you yourself uh, were a, uh, pipe, you were a pipe, pipe smoker? Pipe, yes. <laughs> you know, speaking of uh, take, being taken advantage of, uh, I didn't mention this earlier in the show, but uh, let's talk about the attorney general for a minute or two. Yes. And as you well know, each uh, state designates an agency to handle, you know, the consumer complaints, uh, fraud, deception. Oh, jeez. Go ahead. Continue as if nothing happened. business practices. I, I dropped my headphones. I'm trying to adjust <laughs> my face mask. Typically, the uh, state's uh, uh, attorney general investigates all of this. And uh, I'd just like to encourage all of you. Uh, your voice has to be heard. Uh, we can't carry it all right here at Earl on Cars, and you can be a big help to us. Uh, give Ashley a call, 850-414-3300, and that's uh, Attorney Ashley Moody. Okay. okay. While you're still uh, getting your head, oh, I think that's going to work. Earl has now readjusted the straps on his mask. I think he looks uh, good. I, I looks think good. that's good. I need a larger pair of ears. Uh, <laughs> I'm having a problem myself. Rick has noticed. Your uh, ears are cute. You don't need larger ears. We, we're going to go to uh, John in Palm City. Hey. Good, good morning, John. Good everyone. I'm having a question for Rick. Thank God all new car manufacturers are made better than in the past. We don't have any uh, defective manufacturers that we don't want to say but don't buy their cars. But in all the years that Rick has been repairing cars, especially over 25 years, did he ever have an automobile either on his own or at a dealership that he just gave up and said, I can't fix that. I think it should be either wholesale off or maybe even go to the scrapyard. All Was the there time. ever a frustrating problem that, that he just gave up on? No. <laughs> there you go. Well, well, well how simple. about the most difficult? How did you ever get to the point where you just said, "Well, I know you've had to call the manufacturer FTS, sometimes." Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the true answer to that is, I've never yet hit a car that I couldn't fix if someone was willing to put the money into it, just to keep throwing parts. Because unfortunately, there are sometimes where you hit a point where you have to give the customer, you know, if a car's out of warranty. I've had many, many times that I have gone to the service writer and said, advise this customer to take this car and go get rid of it. Do not fix it. It's not worth putting the money even into diagnosing it yeah. to try to find out what's going on. 
or I've also had newer cars where we've had a point where we just said, all right, we need to stop working on this at our level, buy this car back and send it up to the engineers and let them fix it and use it as a training car at a, at a school somewhere. But there's too many issues with this car that we should not be continuing. Not that we admitted failure, but that we hit a point where it simply would have taken far too long and far too many resources for us to have fixed it at our level as opposed to sending it up to the next level. And they're called lemons, and there's a name for that, and there's a law for that, and uh, we actually have cars that we never, never could fix, even no. with the factory's help. And uh, we had to uh, declare the car a lemon and refund the customer's money and give it back to the manufacturer. Well, the reason I bring that point is we don't have anything even close to a problem like that, even including the uh, uh, the new cars that are made. They're superior. If we follow the manufacturers mentioned on this show, warranty and booklet, they will last indefinitely. Even though they cost more, they will last much longer than the past. Earl remembers the days when you needed a carbon valve job, you needed a ring job, especially on the old Ford flatheads. Sure. We don't have anything even close to that today. But there is in history, and it's probably before Rick's time, the worst J.D. Power, worst car ever made in history. Does anybody want to guess what that is? Um, That's uh, Wait, wait, I want to... It's a Yugo. Yeah, Yugo. Yugo. <laughs> was made from 1985 <laughs> yeah. to 1992. They built 141,000 cars. It was unbelievably bad. A good friend of mine lost his Ford dealership in Mineola, New York, because of that car. He took in the Yugo, and it tied up with warranty work, all his racks for the regular customers, and actually, that car, it got nailed really good in 1989. There was a terrible accident with a 31-year-old female, a nurse. She was killed in Michigan. Her car actually blew off the bridge oh. by wind and it plunged 17 feet down. Oh, man. She was killed outright. John, so, the, the, John, the Yugo, so lucky today the Yugo was a Fiat. No Did you know that? What's that? The Yugo was a Fiat. People didn't know that that was I that. didn't know that myself. It, it, was no, a, I it, didn't. it was a Fiat 128. I was a Fiat dealer uh, back in the day, and uh, the Fiat 128 was just a terrible car. And uh, the difference between the Fiat 128 is that the Yugo was manufactured in Russia, but it was a, it was Fiat designed, engineered, and the the Russians produced it. Uh, they probably had 120 Fiat 128s and Yugos coming out of the same plant in Russia. Well, I didn't even know that, so it just shows you learn something every day. Yeah, but I just want to mention that we don't have any cars. Even I mean, when Hyundai and Kia came in, they weren't the greatest quality. But today, as Earl even mentioned. Uh, very high standards. It's a completely different car, and we are very fortunate today. We pay more, but the cars are built to last as long as we maintain them and we do the maintenance that's required. And the oil today is superior. Even our gasoline that goes into the engine is superior, and we don't need the tune-ups that we did in the past. And just in general, the cars are made to last, and we take care of them. Absolutely, it's uh, amazing the progress and service departments all around the country are dying because there's nothing to fix anymore there I, I don't mean that literally but uh, you compare the amount of customer service 
that a car dealer was able to have in the service department the number of times of repairs and maintenance uh, to uh, 30 or 40 years ago, night and day. They're, uh, one of the reasons it's so dangerous to go into a service department or dealership now is they have to kind of uh, invent things to fix and repair and maintain, so you have to be careful. Can you just imagine old J.D. Power calling it the worst car in history? Earl, do you have any idea what finally happened? Did they all go to scrapyards or they uh, go to other countries? They became, Where did the Yugos yeah. wind up? They probably are still in other countries, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was such a joke. Uh, they tried to get me to take a Yugo dealership. Uh, they came in, and they were so desperate for cash, Yugo, when they started out. Uh, they wanted me to order one year's supply of Yugos ahead of time. I laughed him out of my office, and there was a Dodge dealer called Fred Hozak on Okeechobee Boulevard that I guess it was desperate, and uh, he took on the Yugo franchise. Now, the final laugh was on, Fred had the final laugh because it turned out that the Yugos were so cheap that people were buying them in spite of the fact they fell apart, and they had these huge... Uh, 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 discounts and rebates, and the warranty was uh, incredible because they had to put a huge warranty on it, otherwise you wouldn't buy it. But the Yugo dealers were making money hand over fist selling this junk, mm. and they would fall apart before they got home. But so. they couldn't sleep at night. <laughs> well, just thank God those days are gone forever. Yeah, you're right. Now, yeah. Manufacturers today are fine automobiles. Exactly. Thank you, John. I tell you, we love you, and thanks for calling. Uh, and uh, please call again next week. Always great to hear from okay. you. Okay. 877-960-9960. Or you can call uh, text us at 772-497-6530. Okay, this have, mask. I know. It doesn't want to. You guys, we need to get you some good straps on this we mask. Have. <laughs> oh, we have more anonymous feedback. Um, um, I bought my 2020 RAV4 from you in June, Earl. Um, less than a month later, um, I got a screw in my tire. When I brought it in, I was told it wasn't repairable because it was too close to the sidewall. I was livid. How is it possible to get a flat so soon after buying it? This is a new car. Your shop replaced it and did not charge me, but the point is it never should have happened. Your son Josh was involved, and he said it was possible to get the damage at any time regardless of when I purchased it, that is crap. What are the odds? Well, we just have a huge amount of construction in Florida. I don't need to tell you that. Maybe huge amount of construction everywhere. The roads are terrible. Uh, there's just a lot of uh, road repair construction, screws and nuts and bolts and bottles and things are around. And uh, to me, it's a miracle we don't have more of yeah. that. We see a huge amount of, uh, of road hazard stuff. Uh, I, I, I normally don't recommend road hazard insurance, but in, in certain parts of Florida, it might not be a bad investment to buy an insurance policy. Uh, you know, I, when, when you were reading that uh, text, anonymous feedback or whatever, uh, the thought popped into my mind, why don't the tire manufacturers do something to design a tire that makes it not necessary to replace a tire if you got a hole in the sidewall. They'll go out of business. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, why? Because that's, it seems they silly. they got to sell more tires. Well, I, yeah, you're right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, Rick? One of the new technologies, and I would, oh, I am waiting for this one, airless tires. Yeah. They're yeah. going to be specially 3D printed and designed yeah. to where the inside of the tire is actually a, a honeycomb design. Yeah. Yeah. 
that can flex. Like, a Mars, like the Mars rover tires. Right. They, don't, they don't have pneumatic tires on Mars. And what will happen is when the tread wear, when the tread finally wears out on the tire, they'll simply take and replace it with a new one, or they'll take your wheel off at certain shops. They would reprint new material onto the wheel, yeah. recut new treads, and put it back on, I and can't boom, wait. you're going down I, the road again. I, I, have another, I have another, <laughs> another thought on thing. Let me ask Rick this. When you inflate your tire, when you underinflate your tire, mm. the sidewalls ride closer to the ground or right. on the ground. Yeah. Yep. So if you inflate your tire more, does that raise your sidewalls? Yeah. So it'll be you okay. Get, you get interior it can, wear. But so, what will happen then is the center of the tire of the tread wears. is going to wear out much but faster. Isn't there a happy balance between the two? In other words, uh, we recommend <laughs> properly that if inflated you, if tires. You, if, you, <laughs> if you carry an extra five pounds. Over and above the tire, tire manufacturer, no, the, no, the, manufacturer. the car manufacturer's yeah. recommendation, then you'll have you'll, you'll have less of your sidewall riding on the. It doesn't ride as close, but the problem is that <coughs> nails and screws can come up at almost any angle. Oh, okay. It's huh. and it's when you're turning a corner. Okay. Say you're doing a right-hand turn. Your tires are getting close to the edge of the road, which is where all that debris is so collected. So you see sidewalls pierce like. Halfway up the sidewall. I've seen it. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I, I still think the tire manufacturers ought to do something about it, and uh, come up with a tire that is less vulnerable to sidewall penetration. Uh, Doesn't seem right. You can just screw in the tread, and you can fix the tire. No, it's as good as new. And it gets on the sidewall. You got to buy a whole tire. Doesn't sound right. So. I just, I just think that when we finally get that technology for the airless tires, yeah, right. that they can 3D print. Imagine this too. How many dumps are there out there right now with millions of old tires sitting in them yeah. and just sitting there? Yeah. And they can't even recycle them properly. Yeah, I hear you. Well, that would be great Absolutely. to do. If you had a 3D printer at the dealership, you wouldn't have to stock the tires. You know how much space those tires take up? Mm. Yeah. You do, and so do you. But Huge I, amount. Yeah. yeah. Great observation. Really cool. uh, we're going to go to Mark, who's calling us from Palm Beach Gardens. <coughs> Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Angie, Earl, Stu, and Rick. Hey. I hope everybody's having a good morning. I'm, glad, probably, you made, uh, I'm glad you made it through. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, anyway, I got a technical question for Rick. Um, uh, some of you know, uh, for, uh, um, you know, I was in the auto business for years. Anyway, I have two adult children that seem to uh, prefer to ask others rather than their father about. <laughs> issues with their cars. I guess they feel trust otherwise. I don't know why. Don't feel bad. But anyway, an issue came up yesterday about uh, check engine light. And my daughter has a Kia Sportage. It, uh, she's got 90,000 miles on it. And she was telling me, she says, you know what, Dad, it's strange. That, you know, just as I hit that 90,000 mark, my check engine light came on. Now, what could be wrong? She has problems with the gas cap, you know, not being tight. Retighten and the light goes off. But, uh, Rick, question is, as I told her, and I want to make sure I'm right, that your check engine light can come on for various issues. You could have a problem, but don't they also come on to kind of remind you that, uh, uh, you know, to, you have a service coming up or, you know, to consult your uh, manufacturer's handbook to see if, you know, there's certain periods of mileage that certain things need to be done in order to keep the car running to, you know, its full capacity. So uh, I want to kind of 
inform my daughters more, about, especially since my uh, youngest daughter drives my car, my 2017 Camry, that uh, uh, she needs to ask me and not other people, yeah. if you know what I mean. <laughs> but uh, that, what, tell, give it, if you can give myself an education, maybe a lot of the other listeners, about check engine light basics. There was an old rumor that the check engine light was set up to come on at certain mileage, but it's not true. The service engine, which is your maintenance uh, reminder, will come on every 5,000 miles or whatever the manufacturer has set it for, but that's a different light than the check engine light. And the check engine light comes on anytime that the computer actually detects a problem. So it can come on for a hundred different sensors acting up can cause that computer to turn on the check engine light and then once you fix it then it will go away now what about an intermittent light that comes on off on off that means you've Isn't got that also a potential problem? well you could have an intermittent problem like say if there's a, a loose fitting on one of the gas tanks assembly parts on the emissions part that is leaking one day and then the temperature changes and it seals itself back up and it doesn't leak again the computer will turn the light back off after a while uh-huh. and i've so, also um, seen sensors that sometimes they'll get a little lazy and one day they won't be working quite as efficiently and it'll turn the light on you clear the code and the light may not come back for six months to a year right well, we've got uh, one Toyota and one Kia in our family. And um, as far as uh, expense, let's say we have a nuisance light that does like what you just said. Does that computer store codes for that on and off? Or I've heard the old story, you know, my light's been on, but gosh, as soon as I drive into the service lane, the light goes out. And, you know, the customer sometimes is sold, not necessarily at uh, ESD, but, you know, at other dealerships. Well, we can't do anything because the light's not on right now. Is there stored codes? Quite often the code is still stored in memory and we can check it out. But if the light's not on, we usually say at that point, don't spend your money on it. Uh-huh, okay. And if you wanted to come in to see about diagnosing a light, what is the average, you know, the average expected on the high side for a diagnostic charge? What would you say, hour, hour and a half? What do you guys Probably about an hour. Charge? About an hour. An hour. But if you want yeah. the easy way, go over to AutoZone. Uh-huh. They'll come out and they'll pull the code for free. And then you just really? look the code up on Google and it'll tell you what you're looking for. Or buy your own tool to check it. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, I see that they advertise those. It's kind of a very inexpensive fee. Yeah, like and 50, then we can 50 come bucks to you to get, get it one. fixed after it's already been diagnosed, huh? Yep. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Okay, well, hey, I don't Mark, know my how many uh, how many daughters do you say you have? Well, uh, living with me, I have one daughter, two granddaughters, and two female cats. Oh. I had all sorts of estrogen flying around my house. That's but, exactly no, uh, I, that's exactly the way to put it. There's a lot of estrogen <laughs> flying around. Sounds like my house. Uh, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> be brave. <laughs> Hang in there. My, Don't give in. Don't give up. <laughs> my daughters are 39 and 37. Uh, 39, 35. Uh-huh. Oh, well, uh huh. Well, without uh, a doubt, everybody knows everything. <laughs> Right? Oh, yeah. And you know, <laughs> my three daughters, ha- they all know everything. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, Pops knows nothing. Oh, no. I'm, I, 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 
I, I know nothing. All nothing. right. Well, <laughs> thanks, thanks for the thanks for the info, and we'll see you at ISC in the morning. It's always great to hear from you. Thank you, Mark. We look forward right. to seeing you. Uh, if you didn't read Earl's uh, column uh, this week, it's it's a great one. It's car dealers are angry at you because you want to buy new cars for lower prices. Go to Earl on Cars. Uh, his all of his columns are there and uh, you're going to find something that interests you and uh, this one is amazing that he's just written and uh, they're all amazing recovering car dealer thank you very much you're welcome okay Stu. all right <clears throat> we got one coming here it says earl you girls were made in yugoslavia not russia duh. Oh, you're right i'm sorry <laughs> and then he followed with a duh so uh, it was serbic <laughs> right um anonymous feedback um it's a good. We talk about this a lot on the show about um, getting. Um, Yugoslavia was a communist country. It time. was. So was Russia. <laughs> um, hi, my local Toyota dealership said they only service Toyota. Could the dealer refuse to service a Lexus? The nearest Lexus dealership is about one and a half hours away from me. Your local Toyota dealer is or a dumb. fool. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, he should love to service Lexus. It's a, just a Toyota with a high price tag. And uh, also, uh, there's a lot of cars that are very similar. So most most Toyota dealers love to service other cars. They can't do warranty work except on Toyotas. A Toyota dealer can't even do warranty work on a Lexus. But let me tell you, Lexus owners out there, and uh, your your luxury car, Infinity, take it to a Nissan dealer. Lexus, take it to a Toyota dealer. Uh, um, Accord, take it to a Honda dealer. Uh, if you tell one, I leave out Cadillac, Cadillac. Take it to a Chevrolet dealer. If That's you if you have Acura. electric, yeah, Acura, yeah, Acura. That's what I meant to say. Take it to a to a uh, Honda dealer. Uh, the low price spread charges less in the service department, considerably less. I'm going to say half of a lot of the maintenance items you can get your oil change yeah. at a Toyota dealer for half of what the Lexus right. dealer charges you. Just think about a tire rotation. Why do you need a uh, spend uh, $150 for a tire rotation on yeah. a Lexus dealership when there's no parts involved? Exactly. And that's half of your service in the first few years. Yeah. And Rick, uh, back me up on this, right? Under the skin, Toyotas and Lexuses are either identical or extremely similar. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to go to Scotty, um, who is calling us from Jupiter. Good morning, Scotty. Good morning, team. Uh, my name is Scotty LaRouche. I had a question about the DeLorean. Uh, is there another alternate resource besides plutonium to time travel? Um, well, I think the newer, um, the new Lexuses do have, you have to go to 88 miles per hour, though. Actually, you need to get to 888 on the new Lexus. Oh, that's right. Uh, that it's it's a much you? tougher situation. So if I get the new Lexus, then I would be able to time travel without the plutonium altogether. Right, but your flux capacitor has to be in good working order. And you're gonna need at least three ounces of unobtainium. That's right. No, of course, I have the flux capacitor in perfect condition, main condition. Okay. Excellent. Glad we could help. Thanks a lot. Okay, uh, let's move on to another anonymous feedback. Uh, this was, Earl is completely bewildered. He's not remembering <laughs> Back to the Future. <laughs> that was a prank caller. Prank caller, prank caller. Um, but unfortunately, he got shut down by the nerds. Come on, yeah, I'm a yeah. nerd. You're not going to get that over on me, man. Um, okay, so 
this is in reference. We were talking about special uh, incentives from new car dealers if you're financing versus paying cash. Uh, the, and the uh, anonymous feedback uh, says, I, th- I would think that if you have the cash, go ahead and finance for the best price, then pay it off in a month with your cash. Now, that's a very good point, but make sure you just, you're aware of what the incentive is. In some cases, for example, in Toyota, uh, there's a cash incentive. You pay a lower price in lieu of a low financing rate. In that case, that wouldn't make sense. Um, However, some manufacturers will offer a lower fi- price if you finance with them. In that case, absolutely. There's a period of time where you, before you can pay it off, um, but if you pay it off, then you get the ba- advantage of the lower price. Um, and if you have the cash, And you go can't ahead. forget the huge penalty you pay when you prepay an auto loan. Right. So it's called the Rule of 78. It's not a pro rata. So if you owe $4,000 in interest over maybe a 60-month contract uh, and you drive it for one month and then... Uh, cancel the finance contract. Got a big fee. You don't get back a pro rata amount on your interest cost. They they glom up a good percentage of the interest that you owed for the whole four years. So you really get screwed yeah. when you early pay on a finance contract. Now with zero percent interest, you know incentivized zero percent interest. It really, um, that makes a whole lot of sense. You're paying, in a lot of cases, the interest is so low, like money is free. In some mm-hmm. cases, money is free. And um, you know, and it makes more sense to keep all your cash and pay zero interest on a loan, just an installment. Hey, Stu, I've got one from Rico West here. It says, hello from Toronto. Does Toyota have a program similar to Hyundai where a potential buyer can rent a new vehicle for up to three weeks for an extended test drive and if you buy, they refund the cost of the rental. Not from Toyota, but um, a smart Toyota dealer will do that. Um, we, we're a smart Toyota dealer, so yes, that's a, it's a try before you buy. Um, manufacturers encourage it, and I'm not sure. I know Toyota doesn't have a, like an official program, uh, but they, it's definitely encouraged. And if they have it, it's called it's a Toyota Rent-A-Car. So uh, a lot of Toyota dealers will have a fleet of uh brand new cars that they use for rental and that's what they would use so you use it make sure you like it and that goes along with our advice we give on the show if you can do that that's so much better than a uh you know a one hour or a 15 minute test drive be careful and look at the fine print yeah because uh, hertz for example has that on uh, rental cars we were shopping hertz rental car prices and we found out that the cars you bought from hertz with the try before you buy drive the car for 30 days or whatever and then bring it back the, the rental cost was not was high, and the purchase price was higher than the cars that didn't have the Hertz drive before you buy. So mm-hmm. there's no free lunches. So when someone says, I'm going to give you the car for three weeks or whatever, and if you don't like it, bring it back, read the fine print. There's a lot of gotchas in there. All right. Yeah. Well, if we don't, I think, uh, yeah, if you, if, you buy, if you rent the car and you don't buy it, then you pay the rental fee. If you don't, then it's what you paid would yeah. be deducted. But and you yeah. might even pay a higher rental fee than you pay for a, a normal rental fee. So it's a, they, think, they think these things. When you drive a car, a new car, the car depreciates. And if I give Rick a car to drive for three weeks and he tears the car up and he gets a bunch of miles on it, they probably got fine print on that too. So they could get you that the car didn't have what it should have and then they charge you before you can bring it back. So uh, in general, rule of thumb, stay away from the try before you buy. It's just a way to get you in the door, and then when you do read the fine print, you're not going to probably go for it, and you'll either buy a car or not buy a car, but it got you in the door, and that's the reason they advertised it. Yeah, that's right. 
Uh, here's a great question. Um, and it's from Bob up in Maryland. Uh, do service writers start as technicians? No. The answer is no, but that's a, it's a, it would be a good idea if they did. <laughs> well, they should. And, uh, and, and we have had service advisors that had uh, t uh, tech experience. Yeah. No, because service advisors are salesmen. Yep. And they learn on the job. And, uh, and a lot of them are very knowledgeable, and some of them aren't so knowledgeable. To survive as a service salesman, you've got to be a good salesman. And that's the reason you have to be careful, because they're paid on commission. And uh, an honest person can work on commission, and everything's fine. A person that's not so honest, or maybe he's just too hungry. I mean, when you need money really, really bad, uh, and you have a customer coming, little old lady comes into, into the service drive, mm. and she says, please fix my car, and uh, gives, you a gives you a blank check, and you're getting 10% mm. of everything you sell her, suddenly she needs $8,000 worth of work. Yep. So be careful, really be careful in the service drive. Everybody's on commission in a car dealership. Truth. Here's a good one. Um, this texter uh, wants to ask, I want to ask about signing a binding arbitration agreement. I did not sign it, and after that, the leasing process went no further. Are they fair to the buyer or leasing customer? Upon further reading, auto dealers are not bound by this to the manufacturer. True or false, does your business require one? No, no. There's, there, uh, you can do, uh, at, our, at our dealership, we don't have an arbitration agreement. We're the only car dealer that I know. If there anybody's out there, uh, car dealers that you do not have the arbitration agreement and the fine print on your on your uh, installments on your uh, buyer's order let me know but uh, virtually yeah. every car dealer as far as I know except us uh, has that uh, yeah. and it, it takes away your right of a trial by your peers yeah. of, a, of your right in court of your right to sue uh, one, of the, one of the most important rights I don't like lawyers either something you know I like some lawyers, but we like our lawyers. I don't like I don't like the way the legal thing is in the United States. But I, your right to be able to sue when someone does you wrong is an American right, and it should be it should be when the fine print for the arbitration thing is signed, you can no longer sue the car dealer. Terrible. That's right. You wrote an article on it called "Car Dealers Have Taken Away Your Right to Sue." Exactly. And you can find that at EarlOnCars.com, and it right. has a lot more detail on that. But yeah, the quick answer, no, it's not fair to the consumer. It's designed yeah. to keep the auto dealer um, uh, immunized from his, uh, his bad behavior. And by the way, Florida has another law. This is unique. Other than all the dealers having the arbitration agreement, they have a law in Florida that if you get wronged by a car dealer, uh, you have to write the car dealer uh, within uh, 30 days before you can sue the car dealer. And you have to, you have, right. they, they, they enumerate somewhere, I have that page printed out, they enumerate all the things that you have to cover in the letter. And you have to be specific, and if you don't dot your I and cross your T and send that letter, you can't sue the car dealer. So you're, you're, you're screwed by the arbitration agreement and this letter that you have to write. In fact, if you don't write the letter, you can't even go to arbitration. Right. And nobody knows about that. And, and what you said about dotting your I's and crossing your T's, yeah. you leave out one little detail, it's all over. Yeah. And uh, that leads me to mention to the folks that are listening, Attorney General, the Attorney General 
Ashley Moody. You know, uh, although we expose a, a, a lot of car dealers, uh, and there's some great car dealers, don't get me wrong, uh, we're, they're taking, there are too many today taking advantage of the consumer, and we need your help. We can't do it alone. So I always remind everybody every week to give Ashley Moody a call. That's our attorney general, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to reach her at 850-441-3300. That's Attorney General Ashley Moody. All right, we got one last text, and we're all, we're all caught up. Very simple one. Is hand sanitizer bad for your steering wheel? Um, I'd say if you have a leather-wrapped steering wheel, I think it would could damage the uh, uh, the leather. Yeah, I'd, I'd make sure you rub it in very, very well with the sanitizer. Make sure you're not still damp when you grab your steering wheels. Yeah, it's mainly alcohol, and alcohol will dry out, and it's a, it's a solvent, too, so you know, it dyes anything else in there. It'll, yeah, it'll muck it up. Here, I'll, uh, you don't want to drink hand sanitizer either. No, I sent you no. a, a funny a meme. You guys will look at it after, after the show about hand sanitizer. Yeah. CHJ229 says, Earl, good morning. I just wanted you to know I was shopping for a used car for my daughter. I found one. I saw a car that I liked for about $5,000. Then found out the dealer fee was another $1,099.99, which is crazy. No. When will this madness stop? The no. dealership was Hodges Mazda in Jacksonville. Yeah, that's one of the really nasty things about the hidden fees. They have the same hidden fee whether you're buying a $40,000 new car or a $5,000 used car. And to charge somebody 20% of the sale price of a product for a meaningless hidden fee uh, is even worse than charging the $1,000 on a $40,000 car. So it's, it's crazy. I mean, uh, we know dealers in Florida that have dealer fees up to $3,000. Theoretically, they could buy a $3,000 car off that dealer's used car lot and pay another $3,000 in hidden fees. What a joke. Theoretically. Yeah. <laughs> it, happens. it probably happens every day. Yeah. <laughs> it happens every day. You're exactly right. Uh, let's, go to, let's go to, I see we're really uh, running close to the mystery shopping report. Mm -hmm. Let's go to, we're going to take our last call, and okay. that's going to be Roadrunner Steve uh, from Boynton. Haven't heard from you for a while. How you doing, Steve? Very good. Uh, I was up at uh, uh, offleash.com last week with a friend of mine, uh-huh. and right in the front office, they had a big bulletin board of dealerships that were charging those crazy prices, dealer fees. Oh, boy. They had one, well, I seen Nissan, theirs was that nine ninety nine good deal special, right? Yeah. $999. Then they had one, I should have took the name, their dealer fee was anywhere from $0 to $5,000. Wow. So my question is, let's say you're going to finance the car. And that dealer's fee is $1,000. Are you financing that $1,000 also? Oh, sure. It's part of the price. It's, a, it's part of the dealer's profit. And uh, you're paying 6% uh, sales tax on it. It's, uh, it's insane. Now, now, suppose you just say, okay, here's your $1,000 dealer's fee, because I don't know any better. Would they do that, or they would say, oh, no, you can't do that. you got to finance. Yeah, you, you don't win that argument because uh, you're playing their game. The best thing to do is to ignore these uh, 
dealer fees and look at the total price. And if you're looking at a car, uh, negotiate by getting competitive prices from at least two other dealers and say uh, that way they can either lower the price by $1,000 or $2,000. If they want to call part of that price or their dealer fee, let them call it that. As long as they've got the lowest price, you don't care. Uh, but once once you start arguing with the dealer fee, uh, they'll win the argument. They're, they're experts, they're pros, they've heard the same objection so many times, they'll have your head spinning yeah. by the time you get through with argu the argument. And, and awfully so, only by well, the way, we've had, we had the, uh, the founder of on, on the show uh, recently, but bear in mind, Awfully Sony also has $500 yeah. in dealer fees. <laughs> yeah, Mark Fisher is the uh, founder and still a significant owner of Awfully Sony. He was on the show, called into the show, and uh, he's lobbying right now state law in Florida to put a cap on the dealer fee of $500. He already charges $500, but uh, you're right, the $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 dealer fees are immoral and insane. True, like you just said, if you bought a car for three thousand dollars, you're going to pay an extra three thousand yeah. dollars. Double the price, the yeah. crazy, yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you for listening and keep up the good work. Thanks, well, thank you, Roadrunner. You it was know, it's great it's hearing funny. from you. We, we like our, the argument uh, against us back in the day from all the car dealers who, you know, when we were attacking the dealer fee, was like they just just pay attention to the bottom line price. Well, we have the same argument. The problem comes in advertising when you can list a car artificially lower by $3,000, $1,000, then they're actually going to sell the car for it. Yeah. That's our problem. Yeah, you waste your time arguing about it. Just use that as a total. Acknowledge that you know they have the hidden fee yeah. if you want to. And just say, okay, your total price, including all your hidden fees and your dealer installed accessories, is this. I'm going to take this price to your competition, and then I'm going to take it to another competitor and maybe another competitor, and whoever gives me the bottom line out-the-door price best that's where I'm buying the car. Uh, you know, uh, knock yourself out on your dealer fees. You put as many in there yeah. as you want, because I'm not going to buy from somebody that's going to overcharge what your competitor will sell me the car for. That's right. Uh, one last quick anonymous feedback, because uh, it's relevant to the um, Mr. Shopping report. It just came in. It says if the manufacturing is offer, if the manufacturer is offering a cash rebate, is it still possible to negotiate more off than the rebate? And the answer is yes. The sure. rebate is no skin off the dealer's teeth. He's not helping you out at all. Sure. you got to get uh, a dealer discount along with the rebate. You know, people think in terms of MSRP, which is a good thing if you can compare the same MSRP with different dealers when you're getting your competitive prices. But remember that the dealer invoice is actually a good profit for most cars that are sold. The, the average dealer would love to sell you a car at his invoice price because his invoice is lower than the MSRP, but it's not his cost. A typical invoice will have thousands of dollars of profit built in. So you can't play the game. You can't, you, you've got to start somewhere. It's a good idea to start with MSRP because it's standardized. Be sure it's a manufacturer's suggested price and then negotiate with at least three dealers. It's, I've said that so many times. Yeah. I, Right, uh, but it's just, it's the bottom line. We can just cancel the show right now. Exactly, we'd have a recording going on. <laughs> yeah. One one more popped in. If we got time, might as well. Uh, okay. Um, how can a customer be, be sure that a new car purchase won't have the fuel pump recalled, or is it a gamble? The answer is, if it a new car, if it has the recall at the time, they can't sell it to you. If it comes later on, you're right. It's a gamble. It's yeah. uh, it, it can happen. You know, in a way, recalls are good things. I mean, the fact is, yeah. it's good that the manufacturers are very sensitive and they're recalling their own cars. 
uh, if you go back enough years, they'd have recalls, but they just ignore them. And uh, good, good luck. I was a Pontiac dealer years ago. I sold 50 cars to budget rent a car one time, Pontiac Venturas. And the owner of the uh, franchise there called me up. He says, Earl, he said, I had one of my cars. I rented the car out, and the plug came out of the gas tank. And my customer came out, and the, he, his car was sitting in a flood in a pool of gasoline. <laughs> and, I, and he says, he said, Any, have you ever heard of that happening? So I called Pontiac, and they said, I've never heard of that. We've never had anything like that happen. Uh, to bring it in and fix it. So I called the guy back, and he says, everything's fine. Long story short, 25 plugs dropping out later, Pontiac probably said, oh, yeah, I, I guess we do have a few of these, and they recalled the car. So recalls are good things when they're proactive by the manufacturers, not from a quality standpoint, but from a, it's good the fact that they fess up and admit it now instead of pretending like they don't exist. Okay. We've got to get to our Mr. Shopping Report. Mr. Shop of Dapleton's North Lake of Kia. Uh, we have an exciting Mr. Shop for you today, in addition to shopping one of our favorite targets, the Mapleton Auto Group. We're also introducing a brand new mystery shopper, Agent Lightning. Very exciting, very exciting. Female Agent Lightning. Agent Lightning is still technically a trainee under the tutelage of Agent Thunder. Love that, Thunder and Lightning. Her first mission was done in tandem with her mentor, Thunder. Of course, Agent Lightning's identity will remain secret, but we can say that she's a local woman who is highly experienced in both sales and customer service. Nancy and I know her personally. Uh, she is not employed by my dealership, nor does she have any connection to the car business. Now, this is refreshing and good once she gets the experience, because if you're in the business, you're a little bit jaded, you're not, you can't be totally objective. Agent Thunder, by the way, was new to the car business. And so he learned on the job, but he didn't grow up or sell cars. It's really good to come from the outside because you see things as a typical shopper, car buyer does, and that's, that's very healthy. Uh, as I say, we uh, picked her, uh, Nancy and me, uh, based on, we knew she was smart, and we knew she had very high energy and really a great personality. I mean, she's really a, an amazing person. Agent Thunder's assessment of his protege after this is that she will become a great missing shopper. He reported that she's a fast learner, fearless, two important qualities. Fearless, I underline that in my notes here, uh, you've got to be fearless. It's tough to walk into. I mean, it's like being a spy coming into a, uh, you know, a, a country where you're a counter spy. I mean, it's dangerous. And uh, you got to be cool. You got to maintain control at all times. Uh, Agent Thunder and Agent Lightning's target this week was, as I said, Napleton, North Lake Kia. We probably shop Napleton dealerships more than uh, any other. I couldn't give you an exact amount, but I'm guessing over a dozen. I'd say probably 50 over all <laughs> the years. He's got a lot of dealerships. Uh, we keep coming back to Napleton because he's so good at being bad. That's, Stu loves that phrase, and I do too. <laughs> he's so good at being bad. I, I use it every time we show yeah, him. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I know I've used this quote a few times, blah, 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 but I'm using it again today. Uh, and here's another one that Stu loves because he's a Star Trek guy. Obi-Wan Kenobi, you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> I love that. A more wretched hive of scum and villainy. 
I'm not exaggerating, maybe just a little. We have seen some of the worst behavior and tactics at Naples, Naples dealership. Back in May, we shopped Naples' Crusher Judge Jeep Ram store on North Lake Boulevard. On that mission, we uncovered the holy grail of unobtainable rebates. This is almost like we're making it up, and uh, we printed out a copy to be sure that I'm just not saying this. Rebate qualifications, uh, that's how many they are. I'm going to read them to you. But we have never seen that many. Nope. And this is really a Guinness Book of World Record. To buy a car, to get the advertised price, you have to be a member of the National Realtor Association. <laughs> you got to be in the military. Uh, you got to have a friends and family employee advantage thing. You got to be, I guess, a member of the family of Napleton. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> truck owner conquest. You have to have a truck. Uh, non Florida uh, Chrysler uh, Conquest. Either you are, you are you know, it's not bad. You're one or the other. Uh, pull ahead program Conquest. Have no idea what that is. Non prime retail bonus. We have no idea what that was. TDM certification mailer. Who knows? Auto mobility offer. Yeah, we didn't like that one. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, if you had a disability oh. and you needed a special uh, disability oh. equipment on your car. Oh, yeah. First responder, you had to be a fireman or a cop. Ten in virtually impossible qualification. Anyway, it's worth noting that on that mission, agent found a reporter that no one in the dealership was wearing a face mask. And this is May, so yeah, it wasn't like early on. This is May, yeah. yeah. Uh, nor practicing social distancing. So when we shop in Naples, the dealership, we can expect to have a remarkable experience. It's never boring. Agent Thunder and Lightning instructed to portray themselves as a couple looking for a new Kia Sorento. The plan was for them to put up a little resistance, put up little resistance, and to make the salesperson operate under the understanding that they were taking the vehicle home that day. So here's a report. Agent Lightning and I arrived at the dealership. I'm pretending like I'm Agent Thunder. Uh, at 10 a.m., we quickly observed that most employees had masks on. That's good. But several were wearing them on their chins. Uh, that's disconcerting exposing their mouths and noses. We were greeted right away by a salesperson who introduced himself as Charles. Charles was wearing his mask properly. 